I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words Betting Podcast. I'm joined, I can't say as ever anymore because it's, it's been a couple of weeks, but I'm joined by Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? It's, it's really good to hear your voice. I mean, I know we've just been chatting for 20, 30 minutes, having a nice catch-up affair, um, but it's, it's nice to have you on the podcast. You've had these kind of winners as as this kind of uh, phone-a-friend type selections where we, we get to read them out and say, you know, these are Jason's picks, and... I don't give them as good context as you can, and, and then they come through. Just like last week, you said you're going to do cross doubles of, um, you know, Burns, Fleetwood, Finau, and uh, Jordan Smith, and and lo and behold, Fleetwood and Finau get the double up. Yeah, nice, wasn't it? TF, hmm. the TF double. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all right, wasn't it? One, um, one for the good guys. I think everyone kind of cheers both of those players home quite a lot, don't they? I think that's that's fair enough. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Very nice people. I'm sure. Uh, well deserved and and blatantly obvious um I, I i will mention just a quick reply to one of ben's tweets ben coley mm-hmm. um went out to watch um lyle, lyle crocodile or whatever i was on on sunday yeah. missing his bet on tommy fleetwood and somebody on there put something like oh it was it wasn't it was like i, I was only a favorite or yeah whoopee you can say that you're back the favorite as a winner and i'm just like oh, just you can't please up, people mate. can you you can't you know, you know they're, 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 you've got a 66-man tournament, yeah. of which a minimum, a minimum of half of them can't win. Yeah. Um, you put up your argument. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you put up your argument for a nine to two shot. It's fine. Yeah. Um, as long as you, you know, have conviction it, behind it, I don't care what the odds are. Like Tiger yeah, Woods yeah, would have been evens yeah. in his pump, wouldn't he? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and Fleetwood has proven, quite frankly, on his record over there, that at that price you'd be making money if he, you know, with the amount of places as well. So. It just, it really was annoying. So I, I actually, in the Bet Victor column, felt pretty guilty about putting that up because I thought, well, it's a bit obvious, isn't it? Hmm. So I didn't. Um, I hinted at it. Um, and obviously, I put it up on the pod. Um, I don't know why. It paid very, very nicely, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and quite frankly, Finau was home and hosed anyway. It was a purely a matter of somehow getting Fleetwood home and by some amazing miracle he you know he did it yeah yeah i think it was um it was a really interesting watch yesterday at the ned bank apart from the fact that if you're on thomas Dietrich or gavin green like me it didn't it didn't pan out but the uh, and you referenced it on twitter and you referenced it or in, in discussion previously that tommy fleetwood had that putt uh to make birdie and he'd been a little while i think he'd made a stretch of pars or a bogey and he had a putt to... He could have followed in Shabunka Sharma's line, couldn't he? Um, and, and he didn't convert. And that was where you were kind of worried. I thought it was absolutely shocking. I thought it was, I thought it was a disgraceful putt. Uh, and like I said to you, and I, I genuinely mean this, I think majority of half-decent amateur Sunday players that drive cabs <laughs> and have to go for, for the bait and roll and, and round for four and a half quid or whatever... Um, would have got that. I, I, Sharma gave him the line. There was such nonsense on, on Sky. I mean, they don't talk shit. Um, <laughs> you know, it goes right to left. Oh, fuck me. It went, oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, it went right left to right. Oh, oh, it's really confused Tommy. No, it hasn't. A bloke has just hit a putt on the same line. It's gone left to right. It hasn't confused anyone. It goes left to right. Yeah. It doesn't just change and go 
shifting right to left after that, right? And Fleetwood just hit it too hard. Um, and I thought that, yeah, he's, he's done there. And then he does what he did on the par five. Hit a terrible second shot, I thought. Um, you, you know, it's clearly wrong. He clearly pulled it. You know, you start it 20 yards right and you bring it round. Um, he started it middle of the green. It went round. He's got no green to work with. And, and the I said this to you earlier. The minute that went in, I thought of Martin Laird at the Shriners yeah. when he hold from a greenside plugged lie, which he'll never, ever do again. Yeah. Um, and and even then, he's fighting. I mean, Ryan Fox played brilliant. He's just flying. But we'll talk about him in a minute. Um, and, and there we are. You know, one error on a, on a really difficult final hole. Uh, Fleetwood, Fleetwood, to be fair, was brilliant from 50 feet. Knocked him six inches. I mean, could have blown that in. And Fox didn't produce the best chip of his life um but this is what happens you know this is golf you know you you've got to be on it every single minute of the day you've got to be on it and if you're not there we are and if you do it on the last there's no way to recover well like shabanka sharma was brilliant until he wasn't wasn't he uh 16 and 17 back-to-back bogeys right in the right at the wrong time and you know actually the shot that he hit on that same hole that fleet would hold out from where he he hit that um, right into the middle of the green didn't he and Everyone sort of said, oh, so it's such a high tariff shot because there's nowhere else except for the green he can land. I was like, yeah, well, that's clearly what he's aiming for. Um, like you say, they do talk some shit. Um, but, like, he, yeah, I mean, I thought he was he was excellent. And, you know, he was really, really solid. He shot three, even with those t- three bogeys on the back nine, he shot a 69 on the final day, which is absolutely fine. Then you've got Fox, like you say, bogeys the last. You've got Richie Ramsey, the bo- uh, bogeys the last two coming in. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the others didn't really get there. So it was, you know, apart from Dietrich who made the most birdies in the field and somehow managed to finish 13th. But you know, less <laughs> less on Dietrich the the better. But um, you know, it it was. I think it's it's, it's harsh to say that to, to to Tommy to say that he was given it because I think I don't think that's true. I think he he earned it in the end. But certainly, like you say, it was a. Um, you know, a miracle shot at the end of the day, and he had to play it, and it was a really well-played shot. It wasn't like he, he fluked into it or anything like that. It was a well-played shot that, you know, doesn't go in ever again. But, it, you know, it was nice to see. It was nice to see him win again. It clearly means a lot to him. You know, it has been, has it been three years since his last win? Like, that's a Yeah, he's, and he's, he's about to die as well and all that. Yeah. So he's, he's, had a, he's had a tough old go of it, hasn't he, Fleetwood? And, you know, clearly it means a lot to him. At 31, he's now got... Six European Tour wins. You'd probably think he's had more. Two of them have come at Nedbank. Two of them have come at Abu Dhabi. So he, he obviously likes, you know, the same golf courses. It's uh, it's good for European golf that he's back because he will play over here. It's good for the European Ryder Cup team that he's back in the winner's circle. Um, so we just we just enjoy it while we can. Uh, and like you say, Houston was a, a little bit of a non-event, wasn't it? Tony Fina made it that way, which just highlights just the animal that he's become. I mean, is it three wins in seven now for, for Tony Fina? Um, you know, four wins or five wins now, you know, on tour since everyone said he couldn't win. And, you know, you know fair play at the time, he, he couldn't win. But all of a sudden, you know, he's got five PJ Tour wins to his name. He's lost three playoffs. You know, he's not far from an eight-time winner. Like, it's, it's you know, it's just an amazing player, isn't he? And he lost to Birdie's... Uh, in two of those playoffs, he lost to par to, to Max Heinrich Riviera. So, you know, it's not it's not like he he's thrown them all away. He's certainly thrown away his fair share of tournaments. But to me, he's just a, a fantastic talent who, 
probably still, when you look at the fact that he's won the 3M, the Rocket Mortgage, and the Houston this year, probably won't get the credit that, that maybe he deserves for the, the improvements he's made. Oh, it's, he's, 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 uh, he's become excellent. He's mm. be, it, it is that, you know, there's always, it's always, but we've got hundreds of these players, haven't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very much like John Smith, for example, just a magnificent seat green player. Um, it was just that little bit lacking, but Fina now was, um, different gravy mate his last three wins by three by five by four yeah you know he's 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 just and probably should have been more at at least at least yesterday like you say he got a bit of cruise control yesterday made three burgers in the back nine yeah i think yesterday he's just they just had no there was basically no incentive there was nobody chasing and it was down to him and and i don't blame him for easing off the gas at all um you know it was it was a walk around that's literally what it was and Hmm. uh yeah i think he's I was glad because I put him up last week and I did see promise. Um, although he, he, I think he was three over at one point during the opening round and he hit six birdies after that. Um, so there was something there still there. And, and the worry is, does Fino revert to a potential type? But I think this is his type now. This is just bang, bang, bang. I, I, I think um, he's, he's elite. He's elite. And that's it. And yeah. we'll go on to that. I'm sure when we, when we talk about this tournament this week. But yeah, he's elite player. Interestingly, I looked at his major odds before he won yesterday, and he was thirty-three to one for the Masters, fifty to one for the PGA, fifty to one for the U.S. Open, um, and, and forty to one for the Open. Fifty yeah. to ones in the two middle ones have now gone, uh, understandably. Thirty-three to one about Augusta, where he's he's only ever really played well. Um, he's now on his fifth appearance, or maybe his sixth appearance at Augusta. I just think that. With the monkey off his back in terms of winning, with all the knowledge that he's got around that golf course now, um, I don't know who I would make a better bet than him at the moment for Augusta. Yeah, but that's a that's a, a one for a later date. So let's go. Well, in... Maybe about half an hour's time. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe about half an hour's time. But let's go into um, the DP World Tour Championship. Now, this is an event that I would say is a fantastic viewing event, and not the greatest betting event uh, because. You're basically taking a chance going against Rory McIlroy and John Rahm, uh, which you have to do in, in any sort of time of this stature. But just looking at the recent winners of the DP World Tour Championship, Colin Morikawa, Matt Fitzpatrick, John Rahm, Danny Willett, John Rahm, Matt Fitzpatrick, Rory, Stenson, Stenson, Rory, Quiros, Carlson, Westwood. So we're saying that the, the worst three players, which is, is a you know in, in inverted commons, is Carlson, Quiros and uh, uh, Danny Willett. They're, you know... Absolutely class. I mean, Quiros was top 20 player in the world at that time. Carlson's a, a you know, European tour stalwart and, and Danny Willett's a Masters champion. So if they're the worst three on that list, then, you know, that that's a, a pretty big, big list and trophy win. So are we just looking for places this week against the top four or five? Oh, against top four or five? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, you, you know... Um... Yeah, everyone's a major winner. I mean, okay, Fitzpatrick won it after he's won, he won here for the second time when he just proved resilient. He was just banging away when like Patrick Reed and etc. were just losing it. Um, but yeah, like you, know, you go down that list and every single person's a major winner. Uh, the vast majority of them have links form. Um, you go onto the set, like the um, runners up or the third. You've got Tommy Fleetwood, who's obviously been second in Open. Westwood, who's won this as well. Pat Reed, uh, Masters. Lowry's won the Open. Uh, Rory and Rose back in 14. Obviously, Rose went on to win the US Open. Paul has been second in the Open. 
it's 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 you, if if you're not links or major winner here, just don't bother. Oh, hmm. Well, links links contender links, just don't bother. Just don't turn up. It's pointless. Go and get your money and just you know go do your shopping in Aldi's or something. It's it's um, it's pointless. Don't bother. You know, don't waste your time. That's it. Finished. So, with the chances of, um, you know, Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, they win, they win. Like, I'm not going to bet them at 10 to 3, I'm not going to bet them at 5 to 1. Uh, it's just not going to happen. People know by now the podcast is not going to happen. I'm not going to back Fitzpatrick at single figures, and I'm not going to back Victor Hovland at 10s. Now, in terms of Brad's picks, Brad has picked Victor Hovland at 10 to 1. Uh, I'm sure he wasn't 10 to 1 when he made that pick. He was probably more like 12s, but, you know, he does like Victor Hovland, and he also likes Tommy um, Tyrrell Hatton, sorry, at 18 to 1. So, Clearly, he's taken a couple from the top that, you know, a little bit to, to what you said last week, that like, yes, it's not that exciting, but you almost have to do it here, and you've gone with two others in, in Fitzpatrick and Lowry. Yeah, just quickly on Rory. I mean, absolutely, without question, the best player in the world, in mm. my book. Um, and, and just very quickly, in case, you know, people are looking, he did lead at the first or third rounds uh, last year uh, before fading away. 73 in the final round the year before. Six at halfway in 2018, um, before finishing 20th, um, and and he was uh, second, 12th, and fourth through the third, first three rounds a couple of years ago, and finished 23rd. Hmm. Um, is that right? Yes, yeah, so, uh, I've got it somewhere. Um, so you know he's not cast iron, and 130, uh, you know, I think you need to be Tiger. Yeah, uh, um, ripped his shirt, price. didn't he, out of frustration here last year when he did. Morikawa he stole did. the victory. But he is different gear and, and um, price wise, yeah. Yeah, no, so, so anyway, back to what, yeah, I've, I've gone for Matt Fitzpatrick and uh, Shane Lowry. Yeah. I think, um, uh, to be honest, I don't think there's that much to say about this event because everybody knows hmm. what, what these players are. I, I just was been so impressed. I mean, when Fitzpatrick, I said, won um, a couple of years ago, um, I think Pat Reed was in front. Uh, and I think it was quite windy. This is from memory purely. Um, so it probably wasn't. It's probably not. Um, uh, you know, when he won that, he, he basically just did Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, and, and quite frankly, his record is as good as anyone's here. Um, two wins, second last year, uh, fourth and ninth and twelfth in half a dozen outings. Um, I, I, I've got nothing else to say. He just he bangs away. He can hit it. He finds greens. He loves it here. He can putt here. Um, I'm done. I mean, I, I don't know. Is he three times? Uh, sorry, is Rory three times more likely to win than Fitzpatrick? I don't think he is around here. Um, respect to Hovland, but I'm not convinced 100% that Hovland is. I, I still think there's something missing from Fitz Hovland at the moment. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think he's going. Hmm. I think he's going. Right. That's I know it's just pure conjecture, but I think he's going. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, I've gone with Fitzpatrick. Um, Again, you could do what you did last week and uh, have him and Larry, I think, and cross him over with the other side. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what else to say, really. I, it's, it's, it's hard to be original. It's impossible to tell people what they don't know. Um, Larry's a big-time player now as well, obviously. Um, loves it here as well. Obviously, Linksy, major winner. They both fit in. They both fit in. And in a field that I really do think um, if you take away, uh, you could possibly go down to Fleetwood, I guess. Um, even then, you're, you're pushing the boat out. Um, yeah, once you get to Hatton, I, I, I don't think the risk can win. 
as simple. You are chasing places. Uh, yeah. So I I prefaced my show just on the show with Sky, and I sort of said like this: that I've put together a card based on some each way value, and I think you are taking on the top of the market. And Shane Larry was the closest for me as, as the win only bet because, and this is purely gut feel with someone like Shane Larry. It just feels like whenever he's been back to a golf course where he's finished second or had a 36 hole lead or you know he's had a couple of chances but like Wentworth it always seems destined that he's going to go back and get it done like it always looked like he was going to go win a, you know an open championship at some point it always looked like he was going to win Wentworth at some point um, and, that, and that's purely you know there's nothing there's nothing statistical about that right but he was a 36 hole leader here last year uh, fell away over the weekend he was second in 2017 um, I think that was behind John Rahm I think it was you know, in 2017 yep yeah, with, with Afi Barmrat um, so to me, it just feels like he has got a really good chance. So he would be the one of the top. I instead have gone with the of the notion that you know if I can grab a place out of a twenty-eight to one or thirty-to-one shot, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. And there's and there's two, and I couldn't decide between the two of them. So I've got me both with Jordan Smith and Ryan Fox. And um, you know, firstly on Jordan Smith, I've been wanting to back him for a while, and just he's just never been the price I wanted him to be. And yes, you're getting him at twenty-eight to one because of the people in front of him and I absolutely respect that. But ball like tee to green, there's not really I mean, again, is he gonna do it against this class of field? We don't know, but his T to green numbers just on tour in general are up there with, with everyone, right? Like he's just so consistent. Oh especially yeah. Like unbelievable. And and you know, I was talking about this earlier. I don't think he's ever getting mentioned in this unless I'm missing it. Like is he getting mentioned in a Ryder Cup like the other people like you see Seamus Power wins Bermuda Ryder Cup discussion. You see Sepp Stracker contends, Ryder Cup discussion. You see Guido Migliozzi have a good week, Ryder Cup discussion. I don't really see that for Jordan Smith. And I wouldn't have ever been on that kind of bandwagon of let's get Jordan Smith in the Ryder Cup. I don't know that his putter holds up for that type of event, right? But what else can the man do than what he's done you know, recently? He's had two really good performances here. And the, the finishes don't really say that because he was 25th on debut, but he shot a second round 65 and a final round 66. Um, bouncing back from an opening 75. The following year, opens with a 66 to lead after round one, 68 uh, in round two, sits second going into the weekend, and he fell away, right? But that was Jordan Smith back then. Like, he wasn't, he didn't have the mentality to go on and, and beat these type of players, I don't think. Since then, two 47th place finishes where people will just think that he's not great here, but coming into 2020, he had miscut 21st, miscut 25th going into the event, and in 2019, he had nothing better than the 24th. Uh, going into the event and was 46th and 48th in the two limited fields in Turkey and South Africa. This time around, six most recent starts, 12th, 7th, DQ at Dunhill Links, 6th, 1st, 13th. You know, he, he's just a different player at the moment. So at 28 to 1, best price uh, for John Smith. I thought he was worth chasing the each way value and somehow he manages to get himself in front on Sunday, then great. Um, and the other one, which I think you, you know, you'll want to talk on as well, is Ryan Fox. I couldn't at first, I, w- I was taking Smith over him because of the, the little bit of life he's shown on the course and just think he stands up a little bit. He wasn't involved in the heat of the battle yesterday, so less disappointing, etc. But Ryan Fox has been unbelievable. Like Two wins, four seconds. Um, he's just a different player. So you look at like his course form and where he's played well in the past. I don't think it matters anymore. Like He's just he's the talent that everyone thought Ryan Fox was going to be when he was 70-1, 80-1, 50-1, whatever, at Lynx events. And didn't win, and now he's. I think he's honestly the most improved golfer in the world, and it just doesn't show up quite as clearly because he's playing on the DP World Tour often. 
think you've made a very good case. Yeah, I, I like Fox. Um, I may well look at him. There's got to be a without market, isn't there? Yeah. Um, I haven't looked yet, but there must be. So I'll look at him at something like that. I agree. I, I think you've picked out the two players that... I think when I've got my list, obviously I've got the, the major winners there or the, the may, definitely major class contenders. Yeah. Then I've got a list of Lynx players. Um, and Fox is on, on, on top of that. Yeah. You know, with the likes of, of, of Shinkman, Perez, etc., etc. Um And I have to think, do I think he can contend in a in a major um or the only one that could he could possibly contend with would be the open i think yeah um so i'm a bit mm, about both of them because I, I i'm just not sure they're that great and you, but, you're gonna yeah, you're but, gonna but, find out how good they are aren't you in, in this week because they've had yes. fantastic seasons against not those four or five guys in the field I think, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to put Fox. I do think he fits the profile, but yeah, I agree. I, I think you could make a toss up between Fox and Smith, um, and, and just because I've got Fitzpatrick and Lowry, I don't want to go for both. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I, I went for Fox, but yeah, you know, fair play. Yeah. Uh, the the other one. Uh, did you want to talk about McIntyre? Um, again, again, it's it's. These are really hard events to talk about because there's, there's, like I say, what do people not know? Yeah. Um, but McIntyre, as you know, I believe will win the Open one day, mm-hmm. right? Um, and should have come uh, top five in Murray Carlins, as we know. Not that you're um, haunted by that or anything. Not that, not well. I'm still haunted by Reese Davis missing the cut <laughs> in Morocco, but um, and the two. To the point that you mentioned run... that to David Horsey, didn't you, on the podcast? Yeah, and the 2010. Um, uh, running of this event when I had my absolute kahunas on Ian Poulter and somehow Carlson came down the stretch and destroyed him. But I don't harbour grudges. 12 no, absolutely later. not. I don't believe but, you do, no. Uh, but yeah, McIntyre, I believe, is, is major class. Um, uh, he's had three outings here. His second, I mean, 14th on debut is absolutely fine. He was nothing like the player he is now. Yeah. Um, when he was 23rd back in whenever that was. 2020. Um, he was actually second after round one. Twelfth uh, after round two and fourth going into the weekend, so he can definitely play this track. We know he doesn't mind wind at all. We know he plays links. Um, his Tita Green stuff still great. I, I, I just I was surprised that he was thirty-three to one. Given we've discussed this loads of times, you, you've discussed it. You, you know, you, you're always wondering why he's the price he is. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that's my criteria. If you're a major winner or a, a definite major contender yet yeah. and are you a potential and of the lot that like links I think it's mate, really just McIntyre and Minwoo Lee potentially that are and even then I'm a bit dubious about him um, I, I think they're the only ones that that hold pretensions to be major class so I had to put him in yeah at the moment I, I feel like Minwoo Lee is a little bit of that kind of flat track bully that you know, it's with big yeah, resort courses, yeah, yeah. and when no one else is there, he will turn up every now and then. Yeah. Um, but you know, Brad Brad's a very good judge, and he's gone with Hovland, Hatton, and Mimu Lee. So take yeah, probably yeah, yeah. what Brad's saying, read what he's put on Patreon, and, and see what he thinks of Mimu Lee. Uh, McIntyre, interestingly, forty to one now, best price, William Hill. For what six places? Yeah. Let's see, that's yeah, I think that's wrong. I've got. I just Stand, standout right. price. It's. it's I mean, I've got. I've got of major contenders. I've. You know, I'll just quickly. Do, I know we are short of time. I've got Rory Fitz, Fleetwood, uh, Larry McIntyre, Hatton, and I've got Norrin in brackets because I still think there's something more there. 
Um, open championship. His best major was the Open. So, yeah. you know, and then I've got a list of links players who, and, and as I say, which ones can be major class? Not that many. So you're going to have to play bloody well. Yeah. Because um, you've still got, obviously, as we've discussed, you've still got John Rabbit as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, it's ridiculous. Yeah, McIntyre at fault is, is, is has to, I think that's wrong. I, I do think that's wrong. His performance here last year very mature. Like he, he, whereas the other times, like you mentioned, he was a bit volatile. He, he was second off round one, fourth going into the final day, like mm. uh, and finished twenty third because he shot seventy seven. Comes back the following year, like with that probably in his mind, and goes sixty eight, sixty nine, sixty seven, seventy one. Like just class for four he, straight rounds. Um, the only thing I'd say is, is when he was going through that dodgy bit in the summer. Yeah. He did make it clear that there was something not right in his head. Yeah. He went away, worked on it. Um, and he came back away in Italy. Um, and and I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know whether it's end of season. He's not bothered. He's made this here. It doesn't matter. He's going to earn a few quid. He's in the top whatever in the world now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my only concern. But at 40 or one, where, where you've been having a go at him being 20. Yeah, you double the price. I, I think, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a limited field of 50-odd players. I'm happy to take him. I don't think he's a 41 shot. It's what I've always said about people like him. Like I'd always rather take him in a stronger field because I don't think it's the players that he's going up against that are the problem. I think he's got the game and the class to beat anyone. It's just mentality, and I think mentality has held him back in smaller events than this. So it doesn't it doesn't matter. Uh, he won the Italian Open. Rory was there. Hatton was there. Um, you know so. Ultimately, I think he can do it. So I do think that forty to one is a is a big price compared to some of the others. But yeah. um, just further down, I've got a trio here, and they're definitely just each way value, right? Um, Adrian Otegi. I, th- I think we may be overlooking the the Valderrama thing a bit. I know you were on that week, one by six shots. Um, then comes back Mallorca, not great. Finishes eighteenth last week at the Nedbank, inside the top eight for the first three rounds, and seventh going into the final day. First, fourth, and 20th in strokes gain approach his last three. Second, 16th, and 25th in tees green for Otegi his last three as well. So hitting the ball incredibly well. Finished 42nd here on his debut. Nothing great at all. But come back you know, the following year, and he was in fourth place uh, on in the final leaderboard and sat second going into the uh, weekend. Just one shot back. So just those signs... And then two years ago, his most recent performance, he returned, opened his account with a 75, shot second round 66 and a final round 68 to finish 14th. So opened really poorly, but bounced back. So the, the, the trouble with Adrian Tagge is that he's got to do everything perfectly. Like he's not this guy that can bomb and gouge it and get away the hole. Like he's got to have it on a string, which he does at the moment. And if that even deeds us a little bit, he's going to struggle. But at 50 to 1, I mean, there's a 66 to 1 with him with five places. Um, I think Tagi represents some good value given what he's done recently. Antoine Rosner, um, second in this field in approach and tee screen over the past 15 weeks. So Peffel's the only IM player that's better than him. Rory's the only tee screen player better than him. Seven top 16 finishes in his last nine starts. Zero missed cuts in 15 weeks. Won the Qatar Masters, won the Golf in Dubai Championship. So he clearly loves the Middle East and... Terrible off the tee last week, which held him back, but he was 14th still with his irons. You just look, 1st and 4th at the Dubai Championship, 9th at the Dubai Desert Classic, 16th at Abu Dhabi. It's very clear where Rosner plays his best golf. Um, So to me, just for the fact that I think he can find a putting stroke in this part of the world, and his ball striking has never sort of wavered up and off the tee last week at a tough mid-bank challenge, I think Rosner 
represents some value there. And the final one, Jason, I'm sort of rambling on here a little bit, is uh, Thriston Lawrence, who I think that because he had that final round 77, a little lot of people down last week. He was he was third going into the final round, one shot back. He's just finished sixth at Valderrama. Um, he's only recently won um, at the European Masters as well. Second, sixth, fourth and sixth, his last four made cuts in tees green. I think Lawrence is a, a great fit for this golf course. We've seen Dean Burmese to play very, very well here um, when he's played. So I think all of those just each way value, but certainly, you know, they're, they're taking on very tough tasks this week. So that's me. That's me. <laughs> it, you know, but it is like, like oh, you said. Yeah. There's very little to say uh, because there's probably three or four players that win it. The tour will detest it if Adrian Otegi wins. <laughs> um, absolutely hate it. Obviously, Valderrama's now gone to live, yeah. which is uh, ripping disgrace. And bear in mind, Valderrama was the season ender for a, no- a number of years. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, um, that's wrong. They, they'll absolutely hate it. He can't win. Because if he's got a chance, they'll they'll destroy him. They'll <laughs> media just throw something at him. Yeah, they'll just kill him. So he, I, I can't have him whatsoever. <laughs> I've got other players like Ram, Ramsey's. Richie Ramsey's playing really well. Chinkwin, I think, obviously links player and, and he can bomb it. But you know, yeah, Pepperell's playing well, but he's done, done nothing in lower class to exploit that. Um, I can't. I just can't. I just that's it. I'm done. I, I, the rest can do what they like. They're not winning. Um, and you're probably. Looking at that quality up the top, for six places, I think you're chasing three places max. Yeah. And I, 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 there's other events. I do want to be on Marcel Schneider when he wins. It won't be this week. No. But I, I, I will be on Schneider when he wins. He's playing brilliant golf. I, I just um, think the only the only two people, like I said, that can win out that are not in that kind of top four or five in the betting are Smith and Fox. And yeah. Smith would be a big push. And Fox, I think Fox can just do it just out of pure like he could just go. He could just black out and make five or six birdies on a run and just, you know, find uh, yeah. himself just, there. Sorry, mate. Just a couple to mention. Uh, mm-hmm. Guido. Yeah. Nobody knows what he's going to do. Not even Sky, right? Not even him. Um, yeah. Not even him. I mean, Guido, I've no idea what he's going to do. He could lose 100 shots. He could he could gain 50 shots, right? No idea. Interesting to see what he does. Obviously, won't be backing him. Mm-hmm. And the only other one that, that, you know, I'm tempted to back in the top, whatever it is, just because he's another one that I've got no idea what he's going to do. Is Hao Tong Lee. He's 200 a one, right? Mm-hmm. In a 50 man field, which, oh, you know, he likes links. Um, it, like, he's good enough when he's good enough, and nobody has a faintest idea when that's going to be. Um, I, I'm really tempted just to put him in somewhere, and I've got no idea where, and I'm just throwing money away. But <laughs> 200, 350 a one in one place, so don't know what price he's going to be top 20. I might, I might. Do him just because. Does, does he win the top Chinese market over Ashen Wu? Over who? Ashen Wu. Uh, I don't know what Houghton Lee's going to do. So, what price is he? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just oh, that's, right, that's okay. the only market I can think of where oh, you could take him oh, up. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I just that they would be the other two. The rest, yeah, fine. They're going to finish 12, 15. I don't care. It's not, don't, don't, you know, don't waste time. No, um, I, I think you're right. Let's go on to the RSM Classic then. Um, I'm just going to give Brad's pick straight off the top. So he's gone with Justin Rose, uh, Ben Griffin and Grayson Sig. 
Um, so I'm sure we're going to have some crossover in our conversations uh, in a minute. So at the top of the board here, Tony Finau, 10 to 1, clear favourite over Seamus Power, 25 to 1, Brian Harmon, 25 to 1, Taylor Montgomery, 28 to 1, which I think is a price that's going to be his for 10 years, Tom Hoey, <laughs> 30 to 1, Jason Day, uh, 30 to 1. There is <clears throat> a couple of players in there that, you know, Tom Hoagie, Jason Day, we, we've kind of been on multiple times in recent weeks. There's one I'm going to go back to for a third time already this season uh, later on. I'm assuming you're going to go with with, with Fee now, with, with Lowry or, um, or Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Well, I, I, at first I don't know why Tony Fino's turned up. Yeah, And <laughs> I, there is a possibility he pulls out. Because yeah. I don't know why he's here. Yeah, I, there seems absolutely no reason to turn up. Um, but if we look, right, and, and I, you know, we discussed this earlier about, about people having to go at putting favourites up, but there's value favourites and there's not. Let's mm. put this in context. Scotty Scheffler last week was 11 to 2 to beat Burns. I, I don't think Aaron Wise deserves to be the price he is, but no, no. Um, to beat Burns, Wise, Finau, Matsuyama, yeah? Okay, he isn't doing it because he's probably going to back off as well, I'd imagine. Um, Mike Ober, we had Scheffler at 10 to 1 to beat Hovland, Morikawa, Horshaw, Finau. Um, that's a thing I can't read. Bermuda, we had Denny McCarthy, was 16 or 18 to 1. The Zozo Zander was 9 to 1 to beat Sung Jim, Colin Morikawa, um, Gian uh, Kim was Tom there, Kim and yeah. uh, Matsuyama and Hovland and Hatton um, and then you go back to the Shriners where admittedly Cantley was deserved 13 to Jolly but that yeah. was still to beat Sung Jim, Max Homer and Tom Kim yeah. you're now uh, uh, the RSM a season ending no one really gives a toss tournament right to be over, honest over right? two courses and Tony Finau is 9 or 10 to 1 to beat Seamus Power Brian Harmon Taylor Montgomery, Tom Hoagie, Jason Day, Keith Mitchell. Do what you like. It's absolutely ridiculous, right? The bloke is on a different level. To, I mean, a serious different level, yeah? This is different grade stuff, right? He is smashing the place apart in everything that he does. Um, I, I, look, I've got an entire list. You don't, you don't need it because it's just... And it's constant. He's been doing it for ages. His greens and regulation is absolutely mad. Um Putts for greens is going. You know, he couldn't putt. Now he's uh, averaging ninth over his last five completed outings. Um, in Georgia, his best round of the week uh, of the Tour Championship um, was the last round, 2017, 2019, 2022. You mentioned his um, Augusta form. Yeah, I agree with you. Massive price for Augusta. Yeah. Um, where am I? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, it's, just, it's just his average position in Georgia in 13 starts is 15.9. That includes the Tour Championship and Masters, which take up 11 of those. He's just on a different planet. Off the tee, he leads... Over the last three months, off the tee, he leads third in strokes gained approach, 19th in around the green, first in tee to green, first in strokes gained putting, right, 15th in total. He comes off just a win that, like, he walked around the last 18. This is no better, right? It's a course where he was... Um, oh, I've lost myself now because I'm getting excited now. Right? <laughs> You're getting excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, of course, if, I know it's 14th and he, they didn't use the two courses, but I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Right? He, he finished 14th when he wasn't even a tenth of the player that he is now. Right? What do you want in a 9-1, 10-1 shot? Right? I don't care. Do what you want. He, it, This is huge, huge value. Huge. This bloke, he should be 11 to 2 in this field. Put it put it into context. Fitzpatrick's got to beat John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, 
Lowry, Hatton, Fleetwood mm. in Europe, and Finau's got to be. And it's going to be really funny when I make my next selection. But Seamus Power, Brian Harmon, Taylor Montgomery, Tom Hoagie, Jason Day. You know, and um, you know, respect to Jason Day's there. Uh, you know, a bit of a renaissance. Tom Hoagie's playing well. Brian Harmon's playing well. Taylor Montgomery is just going to finish twentieth every week. And you know, I am on Seamus Power. But yeah, to your point, it's um, you know, it's a phenomenal price and a, a phenomenal player. It's it's one that's been coming. Uh, shame it didn't come every single major that I backed him for the first probably eight majors of this podcast. But you know, you know I'm not bitter about it. it I really like Tony Fee now. So. Um, he'll win the next I, one I for just, me. You know, I just think he should be 11 to 2, and we could say, okay, we'll bet against him. Right? Mm. That, that's absolutely fine. Um, I, I just. Well, it's because it's, it's just all those things like he's not going to win. He's not going to win three and seven. He's not going to win no, four and eight. No, but he's won back to back. Three yeah. months ago, he won yeah. back to back. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just one. It's just a mentality. There's always a bit of a mentality of, oh, he can't possibly win four and eight, and it's like, well, he can because it's against. Lower grade, like why is he? Turn- I don't get why he's turning up. This is my only issue with it. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. There's, there's, you know, and if you know, like I say, you've got your Georgia form, you've got your wind form. I mean, he's, he's got form. Oh god, I've got bits of. I've got like literally eight pages on Tony Fee now, right? I, I guess maybe he just wants to crack that top ten. Like he's twelfth in the world rankings and fifteenth last week, despite winning three and seven. Right, Riviera form, good here. Right, Phoenix, mm-hmm. the Open, Houston. Puerto Rico, he wins in 20 under, 17 under, 26 under, 14 under. He's not, last three wins, like I said, we said earlier at the beginning, right? He's won by three, five and four. He's not struggling home. No. He's walking home. And he beat Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns, who was dire last week, admittedly, right? Yeah. He beats them. This field cannot live with him. If he wants to win this tournament, they cannot live with him. I guess, I guess the only, and there's only one thing and it's always a thing that's said here and we we always try and sort of flag that you know it's not a negative is that his biggest asset is negated a bit in the sense he doesn't need to hit drive air everywhere but as we've always said that just means he hits iron further off the team than everybody else or freewood or whatever so i guess i felt exactly the same at mike over and he missed the cut so i guess i just picked wrong just picked the wrong week but you know So, so did i yeah. But he was eight. He was eight at Travellers, where you don't need to really hit driver uh, on approaches. He was third at 3M, sixth at the Rocket Mortgage, and ninth last week. So, yeah, granted, but there's nothing in his form that says he can't play um, conditions. If it does, if it does get nasty, there's nothing in his form that says he can't play links. There's nothing he's caused. There's just. But my point is, if you play this ten times, are you going to make a profit? Yes, absolutely, hundred percent. He might come fourth. But fine, but the price—I I don't understand the price. It's that simple. No, I like it. Seamus Power. So this, this is a massive drop-off now, right? But Seamus Power uh, just took his game to a new level in 2021. He's done it again in 2022. His wins are coming at the Muda Championship and the Barbasol. So that's the problem. Um, even the RSM Classic is not star-studded, so that's not going to make a massive impact again. But he is going to be someone that's going to be trying to go for that 2023 Ryder Cup team. He finished fourth in this event last year, and that was after missing the first four cuts of this event, which I think just highlights how much better he is over the last couple of years. He's 30th in the world now, so he can he can kind of chase down Lowry in 20th uh, as you know top Irishman and things like that. We've already sort of looked at the fact that you know he was showing... 
he was showing form going into Bermuda, right? That he was he'd flashed at Sanderson you know, a couple of rounds, he'd flashed at CJ Cup a couple of rounds before falling away. Then he wins the Bermuda because he's dropped down in class. What really impressed me was how good he was in Mexico after that win. Like I just thought, oh, you know, he's just beat a lower grade, whatever. Leads the ball striking um, in Mexico, finishes third. He ranked fifth in driving accuracy, fifth in driving distance, and first in greens in regulation, which is just unbelievable. Uh, and he was 33rd in putting as well. So it wasn't like he just had a terrible putter. It was just that Russell Henley was too good. So now I think he comes back into an event where it does suit him. It does play into his hands. Um, he is, you know, outside of Tony Finau, the four man of the field. Um, I, I just thought that the 25 to 1 about Seamus Power was absolutely fine. Um he is going up against Tony Finau. He is going up against... But then after that, he's going up against Brian Harmon, Taylor Montgomery, Tom Hoagie, Jason Day. Um, love Jason Day. Love what he's doing. Oh. Uh, but he hasn't quite got it there yet. Uh, he's not quite back to, you know, pre-whatever period we are in with Jason Day at the moment. Um, but I think, you know, long-term Jason Day is, is in good shape. But, yeah, I, I think I like his chances uh, against that lot. Yeah, I think we, we, we were talking about power... A couple of years ago, maybe you were very, you were very keen on him, weren't you? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I did, I did like him. There was always something there, and and you know, I can't really argue yeah. with anything you said. Sadly, um, <laughs> it's been a while since you had a chance to argue with me as well, hasn't it? So yeah, I, yeah. I, I, again, I think I know this is this is open, and there's been a lot of maiden winners and stuff like that. But yeah, he's. Um, He's a he's a half reasonable bet, isn't he? Just yeah, just another just another one that they like. He's not going to win two of the full like the swing season events, and everyone goes, "Ah, oh, you know, there's always a long shot when you're in the in the fall." And there hasn't been like they've all been the people you expect to win. So I've kind of kept that in mind uh, with my selections this week. Next one for me, I've already mentioned. I've backed him. This will be my third time this season. Joel Damon. I can't get away from what he's doing. Um, just absolutely superb. Another top 10 at the Houston Open last week. He was sixth going into the final day. Pretty, I think he might be in a similar position as Ozo and, and fell away, but he fell away to ninth. He ranks eighth in strokes going to approach sixth in tee to green. Just been putting on these like ball striking like clinics over the last few weeks. Um, putting, can't hide away from it. He was 47th in the field last week, but he gained strokes on two of the four days, which was fine. Never cracked the top 25 here, but very, very promising stuff. He's hit opening rounds of 64 and 65. One of them was on the plantation course. One of them was on the seaside course. Um, that 64 at the plantation course, you know, where it is a par 72. He shot eight under and uh, was second going into the, the second round. Second round in 2020, he shot a 61 at the seaside course, which is one short of the course record of 60 that Munoz uh, set. So he's now got proven... No form on both golf courses. There is a factor of that. If you if you if you can't take advantage of the plantation course, it's a bit of a concern and stuff like that. Third and ninth for the last two weeks. Ball striking numbers probably the best ever of his career. I'm guessing. Best shape he's ever been in coming into this event. I just think he posts a, a real career best at this event and probably contends for the win. I agree. Good. I, Any, I, I, anything again, to I, add on Joel Damon? No, not really. I mean, his last. This, this I'm trying to get the words right here. So he's in his last five events. Yeah. His last five completed events. At some point, he's been in the top twelve. So it's not as if he's playing midfield and and you know knocking around fortieth and thirtieth. He's actually given himself a chance at some point in in four of his last five events. Yeah. Um, in fact, all of them. See, when he was thirty seventh, he was twelfth after first round at Shriners. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think I was a bit surprised at his price, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to to price up those um, around this this type of mark, but I, I, you know, I know Montgomery's got a huge following, um, but Damon's done more, and and uh, yeah, 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 what else? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think be now win, and I don't mind if Damon comes second. The, the experienced um, I, players have just done well this part of the season so far. Yeah, round. I mean, round, and and you do get them round here. You get maidens or or sort of plodders, don't you? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, his rounds around here, 65, 61, 64, 66 is twice. And he's playing fantastic golf, as you say. I think he's probably playing as good as he ever has in his life. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got no problem with Damon. I just like, you know, the form he's shown at the Sony Open. You, you liked Riviera. He's finished fifth there. I thought, mm-hmm. when I look back at his career last week, I did this, I think, with Matt on the... It was either Matt or Brad last week. When you look at it, it's like now the OWR has gone to top 50 performances to the top 20, which is really annoying. But normally when you see a player of his calibre, there's kind of like a couple of two or three like really standout performances and then a bit of a drop off. But he's gone. So his best ever finish was second at the Wells Fargo. He's won the Corrales, 10th at the US Open, 5th at the Genesis uh, Riviera, 10th at the PGA, 5th at Bay Hill, 5th at the Houston Open, 3rd at the Mayakoba, 8th at the Zozo, 12th at the Players. Like... He's just consistently, consistently really, really good. Then you got Heritage for this, Pebble Beach for this, Canadian Open for this. Like he's just class. I mean, he's he's actually a lot better one than I gave him credit for. I know we had our doubts over like how committed he was and you know whether he cared enough about golf, but it seems to be like him and Max Homer have both been these kind of like bubbly personalities on Twitter that people have followed, and all of a sudden it looks like Homer's dedicated himself to the game and, and gone on to win all these events, and Damon. Hasn't done it yet, but looks like he could be going in the same vein, um, especially with his ball striking in this grade. So, uh, really like Joel Damon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Justin Rose. So, I thought it was weird that he played last week. Um, I think it's even weirder that he's playing this week, but he did play here last year. Uh, he finished 12th here last year when he was out of form, but. He was ninth in driving actually last week, second in greens of regulation. So it's only the, the driving distance, strangely, that held him back in the ball striking, which maybe that was on purpose. Maybe he was playing for position and things like that. Uh, Alistair on Twitter did mention that you, you've got his Augusta qualification to consider as well. Uh, I don't think he qualifies just yet. I haven't actually looked into that, but um, he's 62nd in the world, so he'd need a win here to, to get into kind of that top 50 last chance saloon. Um, I don't think he's in the field. I can't think of any reason why he would be because um, you don't get you know he wasn't top 12 last year was he or anything like that so um, I would have to check on it to make sure he's definitely not in the field but I think that's a factor you've got definitely got the factor of the Ryder Cup uh, he just looks to be you've got him and you've got Jason Day or I think are just coming back on this little renaissance now they were both prime candidates for the other tour uh, seemingly committed themselves to, to the DP World Tour and PGA Tour and looks like they've rededicated themselves to the game so I think Justin Rose at you know, fifty to one in a in a field like this is is pretty strong. Yeah, he was actually yeah he was um, he was on the list. Um, caught the eye last week. Um, quite a few did actually. Yeah, behind Fee now. Um, yeah, he was on the list. He didn't make he didn't make the cut, but um, yeah, no 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 problem with that at all. Yeah, so I, yeah, I do need to double check about that Masters because there there seems to be could be some way that he got himself in, but. Don't think he is, and and that's a massive incentive thing. So I don't, can't remember the last time he's missed Augusta before that. Um, so yeah, it would it would be a massive, uh, massive turnaround. And I think 
actually just as I'm searching for it, there's something in Golf Monthly about, um, you know, that it was a year certificate in 2022 with injuries and things like that, and he's just turning things around. So, you know, class players are out. There's always seems to be an explanation as to what happened with them. We know what it is with Day. We know what it is with Bros, seemingly. So um, coming back to form, really, really like him as well. Other than that, Jace, I haven't really got too much. You you, you talked to us um, in the messages. Obviously, Brad has put up Ben Griffin. You've put him in here as well with Aaron Rye and Trey Mullinax as well. So give us a sort of spill on those two or three golfers there. Um, Aaron Rye, 16th here last year for very, very good rounds. Aaron Rye does what Aaron Rye does, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He just plays well. Um, and one day it's going gonna, it's gonna to click like it, yeah, it did a couple of times on Europe. Um, greens in regulation the last three months, perfectly. You know, I've got the tables I used were greens in regulation and uh, putts for greens in regulation uh, last week and, and over the last three months. Um, he fits for uh, putts for greens in reg. Uh, last week, greens in reg, last week. So we know that's what he is, he's a green finding machine. Mm-hmm. Um, class wise, Farmers, he was sixth. Houston, he's got form. I think he's led the greens in reg stats three times in the last 10 completed outings, if I'm right. I've lost my screen, but uh, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I probably am. Sounds right um, to me. Third at St. Jude, 13th in Italy, first at the Shriners, 14th at Bermuda. It's Aaron Rye. We know Aaron Rye. Um, he played really, really well last week. Um, it's either, He's either putts really well and doesn't, you know, to save par, yeah. or he or he doesn't putt when he's, when he's within striking distance of a birdie. Yeah. Uh, but one day, it's, it's you know, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to click. I mean, fifth in that Italian Open, for example, You've already mentioned that we had uh, Rory, etc., in that site in that um, event. Uh, I, I, he's going to win. I know you doubted it about a year ago. I don't think you do anymore. No. Um, he's going to win. It's, it's going to be a small tournament. It's going to be where wind, because we know he loved Scotland, loved Ireland. Um, he's a bit. Um, he doesn't like Tommy Fleetwood, but in terms of conditions that he likes, because like over the weekend I was hoping they'd play in the rain because I just thought Fleetwood would would win. Hmm. Um, you know, Rye loves it as well. He loves it when it gets difficult. So the more win, the better. He can play links. And and he, again, he caught the eye last week. Uh, he doesn't always follow up a decent, uh, a decent event with um, a result. But there's just something, I think, um, there. And, and I'm happy to put him in at um, whatever he is here. For, uh, God, I've got bits of paper everywhere. And um, Rye is currently he's he's, 50s. He's 60 to 1 with uh, Betfred. Yeah. yeah, that's absolutely fine. He's next to Chris Kirk. I don't mind, next to Hayden Buckley, next to Will Gordon, who I like, but he's, you know, when he's in contention, he's giving it away a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Brendan Toddy, you know, but I I just think there's a bit there for Aaron Rye, and I think it's a very fair price on conditions that he'll like. Um, Ben Griffin, I don't know if you want to cover that. Um, Again, this is his first full year. Um, He's only had, uh, what, um, uh, in his third tournament, I think he led going into the final day, didn't he? I've lost my... He did, Again, yeah. He had a he had a really good chance at um, Bermuda, didn't he? And, yeah, and he did, no, no he did collapse, didn't he? Um, oh yeah, but I mean, oh yes, of course, of course. Um, Matt, uh, uh, Brett, oh god, Brad was on, wasn't he? He was, yeah, yeah, yeah he was. My apologies, yeah. Um, so he was on then. Yeah, he played really, really well. And you think, okay, he's had his moment in the sun, um, and then at Houston again. I thought he played, you know, really well. His greens in reg at Houston um, through three rounds. I he was definitely in the top twenty three rounds finished 26 um again does he drop in grade i suppose he finished does. 16th last week he finished he was 12th he after did. round one eighth after round two 15th after round three so they're all oh, week yeah fourth in putting averages at bermuda 
Mm-hmm. Um, eighth at Mycoba, I like that. I don't mind that at all. Shows a bit of confidence with a flat stick as well. Um, and of course, the key, which somebody did tweet me today, thank you very much, um, was that he's played around this plantation course in, a, in July. I think he needed to hold his second shot for a 59, and he did. Um, wow. So uh, they tweeted me today, so I can't remember who that was. James, I think it was, Golf Bowler, I think. Um, so, yeah, really appreciate that, and, and therefore he loves it around here. Um, after last week's performance, 100 to 1. I know he's bigger earlier. Not Brad got probably about 800 or so. Um, I'm, I'm going to put him in. Yeah, I'm going to do him for some reason, something or other, top 10. Eh, potentially each way, I suppose. Because away from those top few, again, I think it's a pretty weak field. And the other one is Trey Mullinax, who uh, I think has been going on and on a bit forever. But he's Teeter Green. He's playing really, really well. Uh, again, through three rounds at Houston, he was third um, for Greens in reg. And he was top 10 for uh, putts for Greens in reg as well, which I like. Because obviously, you know, you can make your chances, but you can three-putt an awful lot. Uh, first for Tita Green at the Barbasol, fourth in St. Jude. Tell me if I'm wrong here, Tom, because I've lost my screen, right? Uh, I'm reading them off my notes. Uh, first is fourth in St. Jude, eighth at BMW, 17th in uh, Houston. Uh, approaches, he was first at Barbasol. I mean, that's terrific performance. Seventh at St. Jude, 20th at the BMW, so obviously different gear. 26th at the CJ, again, different gear. Has an overall field. Fourth at Houston. 12th in pattern average last time. He's a plodder. Um, plodders do well. And, and if you, as I say, if you take away the top handful off the top, they're all very much the same. So 80 to 100 to 1, I think he'll be value for top 10, top 20. Yeah, done. I, like, I liked about Trey Mullinax that he was 25th here on his debut and he was also top 10 in the fir- after the first two rounds. Uh, he just keeps popping up. One thing I really liked about Ben Griffin, that little nugget there that you said about James uh, Bowles in the shoe, uh, great, uh, definitely reaffirms the interest. But I was really impressed with how he bounced back from that disappointment at Bermuda. Like he finished 59th in Mayakoba, he actually opened with a 66 to sit 19th after round one. Callows of a 69 as well. Like, that's probably his first visit to that event, um, and, and just two really good rounds there. Houston Open, like you said, like just inside the top 15 for the first three rounds. That's a really really tough tournament. Though Tony Finau makes it look like it's not, but uh, really tough golf course to score around. So. The, that would probably be for me. Like I looked at him. I looked at Alex Smalley, who is eighty to one in a place and fifty to one in others. So there's a bit of a, you know, difference of opi- opinion on him. Um, and then there was like kind of like the, the typical kind of profiles like the Sep Strackers, who I don't think yeah. kind of suits this. I think he's more of a long course where he's, um, you know, driving can take over. But the other one that kind of popped up to me, and I could see this being uh, a Ben Cody selection tomorrow potentially, um, was Cook. I, th- I thought that um, Austin Cook was pretty impressive. Like he's got his win here on his debut uh, in 2017, I think it was. Finished um, 11th in 2018, but he shot two rounds of 64 and a 65. Uh, he was 61st miscut, miscut the last three starts here, but. Cook has been quietly pretty impressive over the last three uh, three events. He was 44th at Bermuda, but he was actually 13th going into the final round. Uh, he was 27th at the Mayakoba, where he started slow and then went 67, 66, 68 to so finish 27th. And then last week, again, 14th at the midway point for the Houston Open, finishes 27th. So, yes, it's 44th, 27th, 27th, and, and he's not finishing up the field. But I looked at like Tyson Alexander, who finished second last week. He actually went miscut, miscut, 64, 44. And there was just like 
couple of like flash rounds in there. It just looks like people are like kind of having a couple of mediocre finishes. Like Ben Griffin, 24th, 60th, then finishes for Bermuda, could have won. Um, it just feels like people are kind of eking their way into the into the season a little bit. Austin Cook looks like he's treading water there. I mean, Seamus Power, 30th, missed cut, 49th win. Um, now looks like a very candidate. Patrick Rogers, 54th, 28th, 16th, 3rd. It just seems to me like the when you dive a little bit closer into those performances, you might be a little bit more impressed. So Austin Cook would probably be... Austin Cook and Ben Griffin, I could easily add to um, Seamus Power, Joel Damon and Justin Rose, but they are certainly my three picks uh, for now, and I'll probably tweet out if I pick anybody else. Yeah, fair enough. I, I mean, I looked at the obvious, what everybody's looking at, Davis Riley, yeah. um, who's basically Will Zalatoris, um, top putt. And one day will, and he not, will win. Not as good, I don't think. No, he's probably not as good now. But no, um, no, no, no I, I guess not. Um, and no, I get Thompson, your point, though. I get your point. Yeah, Davis Thompson. Da- Davis Thompson, who again I think is obvious. Um, I just, I'm, I'm just not sure that he's ready to contend strongly. I know he's got local and that. Um, Isn't his dad like you can a look sponsor? At, he had local. To be fair, he had, he had local. I know he wasn't as good, but he had local. You know, last year and he had local in 2020, and couldn't do a lot around here. Um, different different class though. I think he is settling into the PGA Tour. He's yeah. definitely going in my um, players to follow at the PGA Tour next year. Absolutely 100. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does. Let's hope he doesn't do too much to, to wreck everything else. Um, the only other one I'm again another one that I'm going to be putting in uh, players to watch is going to be Matthias Schwab. Um, Again, he's I, interesting, I think... isn't he? He he quietly going. Sorry to cut you off a bit. He's sort of quietly going about his business. This this step up, isn't he? I know he kind of looked like those, one of those people short that could. Game, has he? he just no. has got a short game. But um... twenty but twenty second here last year, wasn't he? And he's done some decent bits. Twenty first hmm. again, a little bit like what I've just said about those kind of players I talked about. Like he finished seventy fifth or whatever it was at the Shriners, but you know you get through the cut and it's it's four rounds of golf. Um, he finished 51st at Fortinet, but he was actually 16th for the halfway. 21st at Mayakoba, but he was actually 7th going into the final round. 64th last week, but shot second round 65 to sit, you know, inside the top 35. So just, you know, treading water, and you just don't know when he's going to explode. I think. No, I think he always. It reminds me of people like Cohonan on the European tour. Do you know, yeah. he might be around forever, just getting 15th, 16th on one day. One day it's going to happen. Now, you, you've got to get the price right, and, and you've got to get the you know the course right um, for him. And that's that's the type of player I think he is. Um, but he has got a fantastic tee to green game. Um, it's just finding the right. Cause maybe there will never be one to be honest. Um, <laughs> and, and like you say, I agree with you. I think his final figures disguise some very very good play in between. Um, but really, I think. Patrick Rogers, obviously, the, the perennial. You have to have a look at him every time his name's there. It's interesting because Patrick Rogers, I looked last year, I put Rogers up at 90 to 1. And I know he's been playing a little bit better. I can't remember this field being massively stronger last year. And he's he's 50 to 1, 45 to 1. That's the only yeah. thing that put me off. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Carl Uat, Carl Warner. Carl Yuan, yeah. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, that's why I tend to textured my selection um carl <laughs> uh, wine who's uh showing up on on certainly on patting figures um you know 
seventh twice at whatever they called is the club car championship on the corn ferry. Um, 69 here on debut on his first round before missing the cut 75. There was something about him um, that, that, that just sort of caught my eye the last the last couple of times. I know he missed the cut of the Shrines, but I think the first round he played very, very well. Houston, again, apart from that third round, he was 35th. So he'd been in the top 25, apart from that 77 in the third round. And he comes up on um, a couple of the lists that I've got. So, yeah, I mean, he was top 20, I think, after three rounds for... Uh, greens in reg so i like the three rounds so i think the fourth round is a pressurized thing i think you can look that up sometimes you can look at that slightly differently so for three rounds so he's top 20 for greens in reg at houston um, and also for putts for greens in regulation you know it's it's i'm probably tilting at windmills so i've left him out but that that was it really that was my list the yeah. yard i don't think this is a course for him so no i didn't even I bother looking for him Lipsky was another one just playing some nice golf again like 44th 40th he was finished 44th but closed with 65 at the Shriners um, names isn't it yeah 40th names. Zozo 10th uh, the Mayakoba 3 rounds of 66 and then 22nd last week open with 66 closed with 67 like playing good golf we know he can get hot with the putter we know he can hit his approach as well um, but like you say, tilting the windmills. Uh, interestingly enough, on Patrick Rogers, like I was really ready to kind of tweet out when he was second going into the weekend last week. It was like he feels like the one where it'd be a massive story if he won for the first time. Like he had the he tied Tiger's record, didn't he, at Stanford, um, and has just never kicked. I know he won on the Corn Ferry, but never kicked on the PJ Tour. He's had a couple of chances. I think he lost to uh, Charles Howell III, who was perennially someone that couldn't win, but. It does feel like it's going to happen for him at some point, like 16th, 3rd, 27th, 16th. You feel like if it does happen this week, then great. I would probably just be happy for him rather than stressed about the fact I didn't bet him. I think it would be ridiculous for me to get stressed that I didn't back Patrick Rogers. Yeah. I think that's it. I think I think anything more would be um, you know, unnecessary. I think we're, we're kind of happy with who we got. Has Sundog Monkey put up uh, Patrick Rogers? I've got, I've got to feel... Oh, like... no, unquestionably. I've got to feel like he he has this, this he has Patrick Rogers headline yeah, selection. No question. Um, there we go. Also on Ben Griffin, which is which is nice to see. Um, yeah, I think that's it done. So let's summarise our picks because that was that was definitely a little bit of rambling in between there. Um, so for me um, at the DP World Tour Championship, I'm taking both Smith and Fox in the hope they can take on the favourites, which I have my doubts. Adrian Otegi. So Adrian Otegi is 55 to one. Jordan Smith. 25 to 1, Ryan Fox 28 to 1, uh, Antoine Rosner is 70 to 1, Thriston Lawrence 80 to 1. Uh, Brad selections in the DP World Tour Championship is um, Victor Hovland, who's 10, Tyrrell Hassan is 18, and Mimu Lee, who's 33 to 1. And your picks for the DP World Tour Championship, please, Jason. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, Shane Lowry, Ryan Fox, and Bob McIntyre. Yeah, absolutely love those. Um, and then coming into the Houston, uh, not the Houston Open, the RSM Classic, it'd be, it'd be a shame to go into the Houston Open again. Uh, Seamus Power there uh, at 25 to 1. Love Joel Damon, I love everything about his game, 33 to 1, 35 to 1, whatever you want to take place wise. Uh, Justin Rose at 50 to 1. Um, I am going to join this Ben Griffin um, yeah, little train here. I think, uh, yeah, now that everyone's jumping on, and I certainly will curse it, but 100 to 1, 8 places. Uh, I do like it, and I think I'm going to put in. I don't know. I, I'm going to look at someone like Smalley, someone like Austin Cook. I might just 
tweet out later in the week about those. Um, Brad's picks for this: Justin Rose, who again is at fifty to one. Uh, ben Griffin, hundred to one, and Grayson Sig, who we didn't actually talk about, uh, is eighty no, yeah, to that's one. No, yeah, that's Georgia Bulldog, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Is. yeah. Yeah, good, good, good course for him. Good event for him, but um, I've just kind of given up on Grayson Sig for a little while, which means he probably wins. Um, Jace, your picks for the Arsenal well, Classic. If Tony Finau is if he honestly, tees up on if, Friday the Thursday, if he turns up and if he's in that he comes here because he wants to win as opposed to some other reason that I don't know about. He will win. That's it. Finished. Um, if for some reason he doesn't turn up, um, then yeah, I'm rolling along with you, Joel Damon, the way he's playing. Um, Aaron Rye, I, I do like the way he's playing and hopefully conditions suit. Yeah. Um, ben Griffin, which is, I'm starting to go off on now because you know that I don't like jumping on everybody else's. But I will, uh, you know, he's down there and there's enough there to look at 101, even if it's top 20. And Trey uh, Mullinax, who's... Uh, yeah, 80 to 101 and, and playing some nice stuff without being able to win. So, again, he'll be a top 20. But, yeah, you know, I, I'm very tempted to uh, do the Fitz, Lowry, Tony Finau cross doubles um, and the Tony Finau win and the Tony Finau is God. Um, I, I don't understand it. That's it. I, I, I remain to be proved completely wrong. I don't mind because I've, I've been right enough time, so I don't care, right? Yeah. <laughs> Free but I, rem- I don't understand his price. I just don't get it. No, it's not something we say about favourites too often, is it? And the the couple of times you've said that about people, you've been pretty spot on. So yeah, I don't uh, care. I don't care. I don't care if he comes sporty. If I'm not bothered, he's the wrong yeah. price, and that's it. No, understandable. Would you would you back him in a single? Or are you just going to back him in doubles? Yeah, yeah, I'll be backing him a single. That that be yeah, I'll be yeah, like last week. I'll be backing him a single, and I'll be doing the cross double. Um, and if I don't get a play stub, I'll, I'll, I'll be very, extremely surprised. Um, uh, he's the wrong price. Uh, if he'd been 13 to 2, would, would, you'd have just said, OK, he's 13 to 2, let's look elsewhere. You wouldn't have said he's the wrong price. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what price I would have looked at Finau and gone like, what the fuck, how can you make Tony Finau X? I guess it'd be like 5 to 1. Exactly. I guess I'd look at 5 to 1 and go like, ugh, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. But what you, but, I don't know what you I don't know what you want in yeah. a field like this. I, I anyway. Very exciting. It's exciting to, to see Tony Fino play the way he plays. Um and I and I it really might do not hope be he, in that well, exciting in four days' time. Anyway. <laughs> no, when he when he misses a cut and you feel like a number two. But yeah, you know it, it is sort of it's golf, isn't it? And I'm actually just really excited for his major season next year. I think now he's got all these like there was an increased bit of excitement about him when he won against Cam Smith, didn't he? Um, but just those three wins since, it, just, it seems to me like the real monkeys are off his back now. He's seeing Augusta for like a fifth time. I, I really just... Yeah, I, I, really I, like I actually think I actually think it's a, that's a cracking... Crack I mean, how many places are they doing at the moment? I think it's only five now, six maybe, okay. um, which, which is obviously the reason being. But, like, I'd back him at you know, 33 to one win only anyway. Like, I know that's... It seems a bit strange to take him with only, but like, I just six places it is six places, so I think it's all right. I, th- I think it's. I don't know what like he would have to probably get injured or you know just miss every cut from now to go out to like forty fifties, wouldn't he? Um, and he could win again and go to twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I can't believe you know he wasn't long ago was taking him off for not winning. Now we think he's the greatest thing since. Uh, I think he, he's going to be future world number one. 
Fionetta on a stick now, Tony Fionetta. Oh, fantastic. Fionetta on a stick. Take Vionetta out with you. Do you know what I mean? It's just like... <laughs> Interesting. What a world, what what a world this... we live in, eh? <laughs> what, a, what a paradise that we get these God of Shrieks. Um, if you had to pick, I'm guessing I know the answer to this question after what we've just been talking about. So, also at 33 to 1, Brutz Kepka, Hideki Matsuyama, Matt Fitzpatrick, Bryson DeChambeau. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, the, I, that's, I, that's I, the range he's in. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know how you can back Brooks Kepka for anything that's, that's contains the top 10 in the world anymore. Mm. I, you know, just you can't. What price is DJ, by the way? DJ 20s. Okay. No, I, I yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't see why. Why wouldn't you back Fina? Give me a reason why you won't back him. There isn't one. That's the point. So, so there it certainly, is no can't, it certainly can't be based on him. his, um, you know, course experience because it's so good, isn't it? I mean, just above him, 40 to 1 Sam Burns, Cameron Young. That that's the range that he's no, in. That's I think that's wrong, I think he's in the wrong that, place. That, like yeah. Young, yes, I know there's always this thing about back in the ceiling and all that sort of thing. But I don't, I don't think even Cam Young becomes the player that everyone thinks Cam Young could become. He does what Tony Fina's done and won three times in the season anyway. So um, yeah. it's just the way he's. It's just the way he's done it. It's it's, yeah, it's clinical, the, isn't it? That's the very impressive thing. Um, yeah, I mean, look, maybe we're getting a bit carried away, but you well, are. Well, right. we, we get to April, and Eddie could he could be back to what Tony Finnell was. He could have had a couple of chances and thrown them away. We don't know, be, do we? Yeah, he could also be 16s or 20s. I agree with you. Yeah. I don't know that he's doing. I mean, okay, he's got to step it up and, and actually win one of the very big ones. Yeah. But to my what he's doing, I, I don't see that different in, in terms of the way he's winning as somebody like a, a Zander Scheffler or, you know, somebody like that. And I'm a big fan of Scheffler. Um, I don't think he's doing anything different from what he is, and he should be priced absolutely um, next to or better than him for any any tournament at the moment. Yeah. I just, you know, it, I guess that one playoff win over Cameron Smith and Cameron Smith hit it off the planet is like his main win, and people are still a little bit, you know, suspicious that he doesn't win the tournament. But I just think that the next time we haven't seen him in like a real high profile event and contending where he's thrown it away since, like. I just think let's see what happens next time because he's won three and seven. Yeah. And yeah, yes, agree. it's been against lower grade, but, but here's, we don't... here's my point. There's... Yeah. Sorry, Tom, to interrupt, but there's my point. This week he's not even in a no. higher grade. No, 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 no. That's that's my whole point. You want to back? You want to take thirty-three to one against the greatest players in the world, right? Around potentially the greatest golf course, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a marquee event where the the media are going absolutely mental for a third of that price. You can back him against relative, apart from a couple, admittedly, relative rubbish. And it's relative, yeah? Yeah. That's it. I'm done. We're done. done. And a a bit of a mic drop and he's out. Um, Don't drop your mic because I don't want it to to make a sound on the podcast and I turn it out. But no, Jace, it was lovely to have you back. It was really nice to to get into these. I don't know if people want to listen to this shite. Well, we're about to to find out, aren't we? But, um, you know, it was was really nice to have you back on. Uh, It was nice to see you so passionate about Tony Finau. Um, The passion's always still going to be there for the Viennetta. That's always great. Um, Are you an ice creator? I think you still eat a Viennetta at this time of year as well. Oh, you can eat Viennette. This is what this is the quality of the product. You can you can eat Viennette. Now you can buy a stick. I mean, crying out loud. You know, <laughs> there is there anywhere you can't, you can't eat Viennette. 
Imagine sitting there. It made it so accessible to all. Imagine the scenes on Sunday when you're sitting there. Tony Fina's about to romp home a ten to one win again. And you're just sitting there with either a, you know, you could have had Vianetta on a stick on the front line, back on the bow on the back line. Do you know what? It's a it's a scene that Bottom never made. That's what I would say. Right? You know, it's just like you don't even have to have a spoon anymore. That's how quality the stuff is. This is glorious, isn't it? I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're excited to have an ice cream. I'm sure you're excited. Imagine the amount of ice creams you can buy when Fina wins. Is, is what you've got to think of. Well, I can um, already buy him some ice creams because Fina won last week. But um, that's true. I, I, you know, and, and this is why I say Vianetta should be for the elite. Um, you should only <laughs> How, be allowed to buy This is a good question. How much can <laughs> Vianetta go up to in this cost of living crisis? Well, not, before uh, you not, before you go, do you know what? No, that's just silly. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you now, right? The fact that lure pack is the price it is, right? <laughs> That's a butter, yeah? There are very, very other similar butters, yeah? Yeah. That you can buy that are a lot cheaper. You name me something that you can buy at Vianetta that's the same price. You can't. I'll just look. Vianetta is still just pound sixty-five on Tesco's. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's like one... you can find that. If you walk around Tesco's looking at the floor for a couple of hours, yeah? You will find pound sixty-five to smash, right? <laughs> Invest that, invest that, boys and girls, right? Yeah, invest that into your uh, enjoyment. Into invest that into your life. Buy a Vianetta, you are investing. By the way, just as you know, not the way the Martin Lewis and the the money saving expert or anything. It's actually one pound fifty in both Asda and Sainsbury's. So all this talk about Sainsbury's being one of those more expensive. Buy yourself a plastic spoon to eat it with. You don't need to anymore. I suppose you do if, if you're getting this. This. Yeah, you should. I mean, you should stick to tradition. I mean, to be honest, but. I'm just thinking, if you're out or anything, yeah? Yeah. You're out, you're like, oh, shit, I can't, I haven't got a bowl or a spoon. Shit, Vianetta on a stick, man. Yeah, I or can... you could just yeah. gnaw at it, like, uh, you know, you could just unwrap it oh, and just I... Well, your, your problem is that you've got to eat it, like, quickly, sort of slice by slice. You right. have to eat it like that, so that's a bit of a... Mm, if you're going to yeah. do it properly, but I understand there, that there are, you know, um, inferior ways of eating. Uh, yeah, sometimes sometimes you just you're that excited about it, you, you let yourself down. Um, I think I think if I'm sitting there with a Vianetta block and Tony Finau's got, wins, like I'm on for loads and Tony Finau wins or, or he wins a mark. Can you imagine the scenes, Vianetta up the walls, it'd be everywhere, wouldn't it? I can't wait. If let's say that Finau is in this position come April, you know the the, the sun's starting to pop out in England eventually, um, you know. We're coming out the other side of this living crisis. We're on our sixth prime minister, or whatever it is. One pound forty-nine. The cut is on on Morrison's for the Vianetta now, so you can even save a penny on the others. And you're sitting there, Tony Finau, bat nine. He's just navigated Amen Corner, uh, you know, superbly. He's now, you know, what's that ridiculous par five that he can he can score on? Um, and there he is. He's won. He's just he's just he's just notched one close on the sixteenth funnel pin. And uh, you've got a Vianetta on a stick to celebrate. That's the scenes. That's the dream, I guess. It's 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 something we can only you know we can only dream about. <laughs> you, um, sorry, just one last thing on the Vianetta before we, <laughs> before we bore it to tears. How many servings do you reckon there is in one Vianetta according oh, to the guidelines? Well, how many normal servings or how many of my servings? How how many recommended servings? Recommended servings. I'm going for uh, for. 
10 to 12. Um, no, no, no. It's definitely not that many. So Is it not? How you many? don't need to feel as bad. Seven. Seven servings per container. Oh, Unless... perfect. Look at this. They've even made a dessert that's perfect one for day, One day a week. Seven. Oh, perfect one day a week. Fam- one day a week. Do you know what? Brilliant. That's why they've done it, isn't it? That's just freaking genius, isn't it? I'm, I'm guessing the one serving a week feels a little bit... Uh, one serving a day feels a little bit like when they tell you to have 40 grams of cereal and it's just dust in a bowl. Um, oh, yeah, but... it's a bit like if I get a, a, a bar of that um, Aldi's hate dark chocolate with hazelnuts. It's like you have it's one got trip. seven slices in, but it doesn't last nine o'clock. <laughs> Mate, what what a day! If anyone's got to this point of this podcast and is still listening and enjoying it, then we know we've got fans for life. Because even I'm yeah. sort of bordering on the ridiculous here, but oh, absolutely love it. Vianetta vanilla ice cream dessert, one pound forty nine on offer in Morrison's cheapest price you're going to get. Um, cost of living crisis. What cost of living crisis? Because when you can get things out of one forty nine, what what are people moaning about? Nothing. We're done, are we? I think we're done. Cheerio, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in to the DP World Tour and RSM Classic Preview. And thank you very much for listening about our VNS TED Talk. Cheerio. Cheerio.